Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Good morning, everybody. Can we stand to our feet in this moment? How many are grateful to be alive, grateful to be in the house of the Lord? It's great to see you. Take a look around. Take a look around. It's a beautiful day to be here. The Bible says in Psalms 34, it says this. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I know a lot of us already know this, but sometimes it's good to remind ourselves that we're not here to see anybody sing or see anybody perform. We're here to be a part of the sound that goes up to heaven. This is all about us doing it together. We're actually, the band is not here for us up here on stage. We're all here for each other. And much like I had a worship leader that taught me this a long time ago. He said the leading worship sometimes is like singing happy birthday. Everyone, anybody been at a party where they had to sing happy birthday? Someone's chosen to start it. But once it starts, nobody cares about who started the song. It's all about the person of honor, right? And that's what it like. I'm starting happy birthday this morning because as soon as we start, it's not about me or how good we sing it or how good we play it. It's about the person of honor. It's about our audience of one here today. So come on, look at your neighbor. Look and find a neighbor, a, a face. Wave to them politely and say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Now look and find somebody else you've never met, never seen before and say, let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah this morning. Come on, a little bit louder, hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord together. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never. Show 
come on. Is there anything better than God? Is there anything better than his goodness? Come on, cathedral. Come on, somebody lift up a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just sing that chorus. Oh, there's nothing. See, better than you. extend our hands and sing it loud together. Come on, say, oh, there's nothing, hey, better than you, oh, there's nothing, better than you, oh, there's nothing, no, nothing is better than you. Yes, how many are glad that is true this morning? If you feel comfortable to do so, we just invite you to extend your hands to heavenward as we pray again. Father God, we thank you for moments like these where we're reminded that we're not alone, that you are here with us. And we, your people, surround you today with a shout of praise, with a song of praise, with a moment of reflection. Speak to us, Heavenly Father, in this service, Lord. I know that you intend to do deep work in each and every one of us. Lord, we want to testify of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So I pray, Lord, that you would speak through every moment, every, every instrument, every voice that is here, every word that is spoken. May it cause us to see the beauty of our God. Because, Lord, there really is nothing like you. And, Father, because of that, we want to build our lives on this firm foundation. God, we do not build upon our wins and losses. We do not build upon our abilities and our strengths and our innovation. But, Lord, we build upon the completed, finished work of the Savior. We stand on firm foundation today. And I pray, Lord God, that you would... Allow our faith to be big in this moment, to see you do the transformative work that only you are capable of doing. Holy Spirit, fill this moment, receive our praise, and strengthen your people today. In the name of Jesus, all of God's people shouted in this moment, amen and amen. Come on, somebody lift up a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord.
is our cornerstone and he remains the same yesterday today and forever so let's declare this together so i will build my life take the elements and hold them in your hands as we prepare to receive communion as we come to the table it is the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and his love that we look to it's the kind of love that well takes our ashes and turns them into beauty our mourning turns it into dancing takes our shame and turns it into glory and so let's receive what the Lord has for us today Jesus, thank you for your body, which was broken for us. And as we receive, we bring our ashes to you, turn them into beauty. We bring our mourning to you, turn it into dancing. We bring our shame to you, and God, somehow turn it into your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, and we receive 
the bread of Christ together. Let's eat. And Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And again, we drink in today. We drink in your beauty. We drink in your dancing and we drink in your glory. Let's drink of the cup of Christ. Thank you, Lord. And now I invite you to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. It's the most important prayer we'll ever learn to pray. It's called the Our Father. Would you say it with me? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and forever. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, it's so good to see everybody at Cathedral, whether you're inside, outside, over in the parking lot, those watching online, different campuses. So great to have you on the journey with us today. God is good. And all the time. And can you see yourself rising from the ashes today? Boy, that's the season we're in. I'm rising up. Would you say that with me? I'm rising up. Before you see it out here, you have to see it in here. So before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, I'm rising up. Go ahead and do that. I'm rising up. Amen. Dr. Wayne. You are not alone. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. We're with you. We're together. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. We're so glad that you're here with us. And I trust that you're experiencing what the Bible calls mutuality is a dynamic of increase. In other words, when you get with other people, something increases. That can be for bad, but it can also be for good. And I hope that today, as you've gathered with us, whether you're gathering online, whether you're somewhere on the campus in the sanctuary, that you're just sensing that increase of God's work because you are not alone. Amen? In fact, turn to somebody next to you and say, you are not alone. Well, in order to help you in your journey and have us grow together in this journey, we have a wide variety of options in a brochure called Connect, Grow, Serve. If you did not yet get one of these, please pick one up every Sunday morning. I know you're here at 11, but at 9 o'clock we have classes available. There are men and women of God who lead these classes, who teach them, and who care about you, and would love to have you be part of what they're doing so they can walk with you through your life journey. You can go online to any of uh, to our, to our website that has this information, as well as the brochures. Take a look, and maybe next week, come at 9 o'clock, enjoy one of these classes, and find a place to connect and to grow and to serve. Well, speaking of growing and serving, I'm going to ask Pastor Rick to come out and join me here in the platform. Pastor Rick helps with our World of Arts department, and he is looking for some especially young adult men who will be part of our Easter drama. 
is coming up in just a few weeks. You don't have to have any experience. You, we'll teach you everything you need to know. So I'd encourage you following service to make your way up here to the platform and meet Pastor Rick. He must be working somewhere uh, because he's not here. Uh, so come up here and meet Pastor Rick after service. He'd love to have you be part of the Easter drama so that you can help serve and bless our church community during this Easter season. Well, speaking of being a blessing, I want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We came to you the last couple of weeks because we wanted to be part of what God's doing to help children and families who are coming out of Ukraine. And you guys stepped up. In fact, I want to tell you what you guys did. Drum roll, please. And here it is. You guys have given $51,927. Wow. Uh, let me tell you what that's done already. We've already sent eight truckloads of supplies and food, four of them into Ukraine itself, two to Romania for the refugees, and two in Poland where people are coming out. We have people there at the border 24-7 who are receiving children, especially who are walking hundreds of miles by themselves, working with families. Thank you. Your faithfulness is making it possible to minister and to serve to those families that are going through this very difficult season in their lives. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for what you have done to make a difference. Amen. Let's give God thanks and praise. In this moment, as we think about our tithes and offerings, those gifts we bring to the Lord, there are several ways you can do that. You can go to our app. You can go online. The ushers are walking up and down the aisles with offering envelopes and the end of service can receive them. Those of you watching online, it's great to have you with us. You can write out a check and mail it to the office or drop it by in the week. This is how we demonstrate, God, we're just so grateful for your blessings. You're the source of everything. You've worked in our lives and we acknowledge your goodness to us. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for letting the Lord use you and work through you to make a difference because your giving is ministering to hundreds of thousands of people here, around the Bay, and around the world. And so may God continue to work in us as we give what he's given to us so that he can give what we could never buy on our own. Speaking of that, you're ready for a great series. Pastor Ken's gonna take us the next step of Ashes to beauty, prepare your heart as he comes to bring the word of the Lord. Well, it's great to see everybody again. Thanks so much for being here today. Let's give God praise. We have another day. He's blessed us with another day. And I'm so excited about this journey we're on, how, how we're on this journey from ashes to beauty. Now, historically, in the Christian church, this is known as the season of Lent. I heard about this one dad who wanted to, to describe Lent to his three daughters. And so he said, well, some people this time of year, uh, to remember what Jesus gave up for us, they'll give up something important to them. They'll give up television, or they'll give up computers, or they'll give up coffee, they'll give up meat. And it doesn't make God love us more, but it creates more of an openness toward God. So we'd like to do that with our family. 
Now, mom and I are going to give up desserts for Lent, and we want you girls to think about what you would give up. Well, the oldest daughter kind of took her cue from mom and dad, and she said, well, I'll give up sweets for Lent. Well, the middle daughter, she just followed right in line. I'll give up sweets too. But the six-year-old, her mind was thinking. And after a while, all of a sudden, the light bulb went on and she said, I know, I'm gonna give up consequences for Lent. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't we all like to do that? You know, whatever you may or may not be giving up for Lent, I invite you to join me in what I'm giving up for Lent. Normally, I don't say this, but I want to invite you to join with me by giving up the same thing I'm giving up for Lent. I'm giving up despair for Lent. How about that? I'm not going to let despair rule my head or my heart. And I think that's a good thing to give up for Lent. We can give that up for Lent. No matter how, who you are today, you can give up despair for Lent. And this is the reason why. We serve a God who is great enough, who can take our ashes and bring beauty even out of those ashes. Can we give him praise? That's what we're celebrating. Amen. In fact, the theme verse for our series, you can see it, Isaiah 61, verse 3. And I invite you to say this with me. Everybody Say it together. He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, and festive praise instead of despair. That's the kind of God we serve. Can you see yourself rising from ashes to beauty? Before you see it out here, you have to see it in here. Every significant life transformation, it begins with vision. Can you see yourself rising from the ashes? Now, today we look at a story that Jesus told that would have stunned the people who first heard it. And in order to understand that surprise, we need to go back into the culture of that day. Now, this month, in the month of March, it's Women's History Month here in the United States. In fact, Can we give it up for all the history-making women that are a part of Cathedral of Faith? Let's give it up for them, yeah. I mean, the best person I know in the world is a woman. My wife is the most amazing history-making person that I know. And so we celebrate all the history-making women here that are part of the Cathedral of Faith. But back in the first century, they didn't have Women's History Month. They didn't have Women's History Week. They didn't have Women's History Day. It was a very patriarchal society. And in that culture, women were viewed as having less intrinsic value than men. Women were treated as second-hand citizens. Women were also viewed as property that you could own. And so it was a very patriarchal society that looked at women in this way. And we, I know we're not where we want to be as a culture, but thanks be to God, we're not where we used to be. We've come a long way in 2,000 years, and a big reason we have come a long ways is because of Jesus. 
Because when Jesus showed up on the scene, things were different. Whenever people were put down, Jesus has a way of lifting them up. And that's what Jesus did when, he came, when it came to women. He was always lifting them up in his life and ministry. He would lift them up and give them their proper place and give them their proper dignity. And because of the influence of Jesus Christ, it's set in motion in Western culture where we're at today that men and women are both made in the image of God. Can we give God praise? Amen. They both have value. And today's story, well, Jesus is going to take a woman, not only a woman, but a poor woman, and he's going to elevate her all the way up to the place of heaven. And he's going to tell a parable that shows what God is really like through the actions of a poor woman. We know this story from Luke chapter 15. It's the parable of the lost coin. And I'm going to invite you, if you would, to stand with me, please, for the reading of the scripture. There's something about standing when scripture is declared. And as I read this, follow along. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one, one, one sinner who repents. Yeah, let's give God praise. This is what God is really like. A woman who is searching for that lost coin. Father, thank you so much for our church family and guests, friends who are here at Cathedral. Lord, I believe we're not here by accident or chance, but you brought us into this moment to speak a word to our hearts so that we can leave here different because we've met you in this place. So God... Our hearts are tuned in, whether we're on site or online right now, we focus in on you. Let us hear the one thing we need to hear today. Start with me, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. One more time, can we give God praise, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well. I want us to, I, want, I really want you to get that in your spirit, this idea that I'm rising up, that it becomes a vision that you own. So before you're seated, one more time, would you say that to somebody? I'm rising up. Go ahead. I'm rising up. Begin to sense it in your heart. Now, the story we just told, or that we just read, that Jesus told, he told this story in response to a criticism. We're going to find out about a coin that was lost in space. And he tells this story in response to a criticism that religious leaders had of him. We read this criticism in Luke 15 too. The religious leaders said this about Jesus. He takes in sinners and eats meals with them treating them like old friends. 
treating them like old friends. Jesus never committed sin. Jesus never approved of sin. But Jesus would welcome sinners. He would eat with sinners. Sinners who were down and out. Sinners who were up and out. Sinners who didn't even know they were out. If Jesus didn't eat with sinners, he would be eating by himself all the time. Because the religious leaders who were bringing the criticism, they were so focused on the sin of others, they didn't realize they were sinners themselves. So Jesus is meeting with, well, he's eating with everyone. Down and out, up and out. You don't even know you're out. Because this was the mission of Jesus. It was his assignment. He once put it this way. He said, I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. And so we see him carrying out that mission. So in response to this criticism, he tells three stories. And one of those stories has to do with a coin that was lost. Have you ever lost something and tried to look for it? I was reading some stats uh, that were uh, of a study that was done by Uber on things that had been left in Uber cars. And so you know, the, the items that were most lost in Uber cars were things like cell phones and keys and wallets. And we can all identify with that because all of us have been there. But then there were some other items, unusual items that have been left or lost. Cornhole boards violins, lobsters, hello. How do you leave a lobster in an Uber? And then they even had days where things were lost more often. For example, on Sundays, wedding dresses were left more often and lost more often. And I could understand that on Sundays. But on Tuesdays, bathing suits were lost more often. Now, I don't get that at all. But if you've ever lost something and tried to look for it, my wife, uh, recently, Elisa, recently lost her glasses, and we were looking everywhere. I mean, she scoured the house, the kitchen, the family room, the bedroom. She turned the house upside down, could not find the glasses until I'm standing in the kitchen. Our dog comes around the corner, and he's got her glasses in his mouth, and they are all bent May our dog rest in peace. Amen. (laughs) But if you ever lost something, you know what it's like to look for it. Now flip that around. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt really like you were lost? Like you're just spiritually lost? Or you're just emotionally lost? You've lost your sense of direction or lost your sense of purpose. You know, during this pandemic over the last two years, maybe you're coming out of the pandemic and thinking to yourself, man, I just, I've lost myself. I just feel lost. One study that was done on faith communities and the impact of the pandemic on them was how when the pandemic hit, parishioners, 35% of parishioners on average in the United States dropped completely out of sight. 
We couldn't gather on site. They didn't gather online. Instead, they became completely disconnected, isolated from their spiritual community, just lost in space. And I gotta say, even now, that just breaks my heart. As a pastor who cares about people, if you're feeling lost today, Jesus tells us a parable about, well, here's this woman. She loses a coin. She has 10 coins. She loses one of them. When you're poor, every coin counts. And so she starts turning the house upside down. She looks over here, looks over there. She keeps looking and looking and looking. And this is a picture that Jesus gives us of who God is and what God is really like. When you go all the way back to the story of creation, you'll find that the Bible says that the spirit was hovering over the waters. And now again, we see the spirit hovering over the house looking for that lost coin. What if the spirit is hovering over this house today looking for that one, just one coin who is lost. Well, and that really brings us to the picture of God that, that informs us from this parable that God is a seeker. God is a seeker. Would you say that with me? God is a seeker. That God is seeking after us. Now, that may not strike you, but if you do a little comparative, uh, comparative religious studies, you'll find that in every other holy book, you'll have the emphasis on men and, women, men and women seeking after God. Men and women should seek after God. They should seek after God with all their heart. Every other holy book teaches that. Only in the Bible you find that God loves us so much that God is the seeker. He's seeking after you and seeking after me. That is how much we're loved by him. That's how much we matter to him. We see this all the way back in the beginning, again in the story of creation. There are the first man and woman. They're in the garden, and what are they doing? They're not seeking after God. They're hiding. They're doing this right here. They are playing hide and seek with God. Can you imagine that? Trying to play hide and seek with God. God knows where you're at. Can you imagine hiding from God? And the answer is yes, I can. Because I've done that. My guess is we've all, at one point or the, uh, another, had our moments of sort of hiding from God. Adam and Eve have done something wrong, and now instead of seeking after God, they're hiding from God, but God doesn't wait for them to come to him. Instead, the grace of God takes the initiative and goes after them. And you can hear the voice of the garden in the garden saying, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? And if you have ears to hear, and you feel lost today, or you've been hiding, can you hear the Spirit hovering over the house, calling out to you, where are you, where are you? 
God knows where you're at. He just wants you to know where you're at. That you can come out of hiding and reconnect with God. I was thinking, is there anything more desperate than a lost coin? I mentioned that Jesus told three parables in response to that criticism. He really did. Three parables, and in each of them, something is lost. There's a lost sheep, the lost son, and then the lost coin. Now think of it, think about it. Is anything in a more desperate situation than the lost coin? Because when a coin's lost, here's a coin, it can't do anything. It can't cry out. It can't flip itself up in the air. All it can do is lay there in the dark and hope that the woman looks hard enough and long enough and is able to find the coin. And the good news of the gospel is this. That if you find yourself in a desperate situation, or if you know of a desperate situation, no matter how desperate that situation is, Jesus is still able to find you. Amen. He's still able to find you. I want you to own that today. He won't leave you in the dark. He won't. He just won't leave you in the dark. Even if you're not looking for him. Even if you don't believe in him. My favorite writer, C.S. Lewis, he was once an atheist. He wasn't looking for God. He didn't believe in God, but God was looking for him. Because God still believed in him. And eventually, well, God found him and C.S. Lewis became a follower of Jesus Christ. But listen to how he described his conversion. He said, I never had the experience of looking for God. It was the other way around. He was the hunter and I was the deer. A God who is seeking and searching after us. If you're not looking for God, if you're not even sure you believe in God, I want you to know today that God is looking for you and God still believes in you. The story of C.S. Lewis moving from atheist to becoming a believer to becoming one of the greatest influencers in the last, in the 20th century for Jesus Christ. It's an amazing story. And there's a movie that just came out called The Most Reluctant Convert. And I had a chance to see the movie. And we're actually going to host a viewing of that movie during our Easter season. In fact, we're going to do all kinds of things during our Easter season. In terms of outreach, we're going to host different movie experiences. We're going to have an interactive, immersive experience in the chapel. We're going to have our Holy Friday or Holy Week services. And then we're going to have another television special on CBS. And we're going to do all these things because as long as there's one lost person, one lost coin, As long as there's one lost mom and dad, one lost son or daughter, one lost friend or colleague, as long as there's one lost coin in the Bay Area, we're going to do everything we can in every way we can because we believe Jesus is able to find you. Hallelujah. No matter how lost you are, Jesus is able to find you. Jesus is able to find you. And he will search until, until, say that with me, until he finds you. 
In fact, I want you to just see a little bit of this trailer. It's a journey from atheism to becoming a believer. You'll be, if we can roll that on the screens. I never cared for my name, Clive Staples. The world came to know me as C.S. Lewis. Perhaps you've read my books. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the most famous, but there's one story that's not so well known. It's my story. And who better to tell it than me? Your mother loves you very much. <coughs> At 14, I ceased to be a Christian. Mother, there's no God behind the universe, a God indifferent to good and evil, or worse, an evil God. Do you believe that logic and reason bring forth indisputable truth? I do. And are your moral and aesthetic judgments valid and meaningful? They are. For the first time, I examined myself with a serious, practical purpose. What I found appalled me. That night, as I read Fantasties, my imagination was baptized. The rest of me took a little longer. If you know of somebody who's a skeptic, it's a great opportunity to invite them out to hear one man's journey from atheism to faith. We're going to do everything we can. And the last thing I want us to notice about this story is that once, once, well, you find the lost coin, God puts that coin back into circulation. Rick, would you help me out? I've got a coin here, it's, it's a, a dollar, it's worth a dollar, and would you like the coin? Yes. Yeah, that's great. I wanna give it to you now, it's a little scratched and dinged up a little bit. Still want the coin? Sure. You know, I did run over it on the way to church. You sure you still want it? Yeah. You know, the dog did slobber on it, I gotta say. You sure you still want the coin? The napkin, yeah. that's, that's right. And so I'm gonna give this coin to Rick. How about a big hand for Rick, yeah. Thank you, Rick, for helping me out. Why did Rick want that coin? Because no matter how dinged up it is, it still has value. It just needs to be found and put back into circulation. And that's what God does with us. See, we still have value. Being lost doesn't mean you've lost your value. It just means you're out of circulation. And what God does is he finds us and then he puts us back in circulation. If you're trying to find yourself, can I let you in on a secret? The way to find yourself is to allow God to find you. And when God finds you, you're on your way to finding yourself. Because he puts you back into circulation. He made you, he's for you. Remember who Jesus is eating with? The Bible says in Mark chapter two, the kind of people Jesus would eat with, says, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Tax collectors, say that with me, tax collectors. Now, my guess is tax collectors have never been that popular. Even today, one of my very close friends, she works for the IRS, but she never leads with that in a conversation. You know, Hi, I work for the Internal Revenue Service. What do you do? Can I see your financials, all <laughs> right? 
You know, in fact, I found it is t- tax season's coming up. So I found, you know, Snoopy was talking about taxes and this is what he said. He said, dear IRS, I'm writing to you to cancel my subscription. <laughs> Please remove my name from your mailing list. And then there's Maxine. She said this about taxes. She said, the only sure things in life are death and taxes. Too bad they aren't in that order. And I found one guy who said, oh, I just love tax season. Said no one ever. So tax collectors have never been that popular. But back in that day, it was off the charts. A tax collector was another name for a white-collar criminal because they were liars, cheats, extortionists. In fact, the Talmud, the rabbinic writings of that day would group tax collectors with murderers and robbers and said that their money was so tainted it couldn't even be used for charity. So tax collectors are this very despised group. And yet what does Jesus do? He eats with tax collectors. Are you kidding me? But Jesus eats with them because he's come to meet us where we're at so we can get to where we need to be. And one of those tax collectors becomes a disciple. And eventually that disciple sits down and he writes about the words of Jesus and the ways of Jesus. And if you have a Bible in your hands, guess what? One of the biographies of Jesus in that Bible is the book of Matthew. And Matthew was one of those tax collectors. Now let's do a little self-reflection. If I would have been alive in that day, how would I have viewed Matthew? He's lost. (laughs) He's worthless. Let him stay in the dark. But Jesus sees more than we see. He sees not only where people are at, he sees what they can become. In fact, if you're here today, Jesus sees, and and you're wondering, Ken, does my life have any sense of purpose? Do I really have a chance to get back into circulation? I've been on the sidelines for so long. I want you to know, Jesus sees not only where, where you're at, he sees where you can be. He sees more than you see, and what he can do is he can get you back into circulation, off the sidelines, so you can find yourself and fulfill your purpose That is the amazing God that we serve. Let's give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you see yourself rising from the ashes? Now, there's more to the story, but I want to wrap it up right here because I want you to hear from a lady who's a part of our staff, her and her husband. They run the family center. They run our frontline ministry, and they also run our family life ministry, which helps to plan events uh, that encourage and strengthen family life. And when you look at Aurora, Aurora, come on up here. Aurora is just a beautiful person. Yeah, she really is, Aurora. And you look at her and her and her husband, Ramel, and you look at their family, their kids and their grandkids, and you think, man, what a beautiful, beautiful picture. But Aurora wasn't always that way, was it? Can you talk about your story from ashes to beauty? Well, from the beginning, my life was broken. My childhood memories are clouded by my mother leaving an abusive husband. 
By the time I, I can actually remember my childhood, there were six of us she had to raise by herself. As the fourth daughter, yes, the middle child, the only desire I had was to just be with my mother. But when my young sister, the third daughter, tragically passed away, I will experience my mom that will disvalue who I am. I remember that night in a small room full of people uh, comforting my mother. She looked up and looked at me and stared at me. And she said, I wish you are the one who died. I was seven years old, and from that day on, I will grow up insecure, fearful, unhappy, and always wondering for more. My life was broken, and the spirit of rejection would be my ashes. When I was 13, a friend of mine invited me to a church. It was a movie night, and it's about the end times, so you can see I was scared. That night, I got saved. I received Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I will start attending Sunday services regularly, weekly Bible study, and even morning prayer meetings. The disappointment and rejection in my life began to be hidden behind the excitement of Jesus being, being part of my life. This gave me peace, then I will go to America. Coming to America a short time later at the age of 15, the residues of those ashes called rejection still remain and it would resurface. I continued to experience it. I was still fearful. I still feel like I had no value, invisible, not lovable, not worth fighting for. I was lost. Carrying those ashes led me to go through divorce not once but twice and more ashes to bear. The burden of bearing all of the ashes would turn my eyes toward God. God who I knew could and would bear them for me. But yet I was clouded, a single parent of now two young daughters. I, I was already in church but I will do church. I will read his word. I will pray for his promises, pray for his peace, believing that there is good in me. Holy Spirit became more than just my helper. He is my strength, my counselor, my redeemer. Hosea 2.14 uh, through 16 says, but then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into the gate of hope. She will, gi she will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she's, she was young, when I freed her from the captivity in Egypt. When the day comes, says the Lord, she will call me my husband instead of my master. Hosea 2, 14, 16 became pillars of scripture that I read over and over, built my faith in God, who will turn my valley of troubles to the door of hope. 
Troubled ashes become a door of hope would open a world of beauty that I could never have imagined for myself. Yes, I could pray for it, but imagining ashes becoming beauty could only be through God alone. I could never have imagined a husband who could be my Jesus here on earth, but now I have him. <laughs> yes, he is. Yet still, the enemy would cast ashes of despair on our marriage through a miscarriage. And in crying out to God, he swore in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11 would bear the beauty of my son, that will be born and be named Jeremiah because of it. I could never have imagined my daughters achieving college education I never had or could ever afford, but now they have. In fact, I pray for their loving husbands. They are both not happily married and becoming a wonderful, amazing mothers. So ashes continue to make beautiful in my life. By the grace of God. By His grace, hope will lead me into, into the future that continues to be fulfilled. For I know God's will for me and for you is good. For I know God's will for me and for you is pleasing. For I know God's will for you and for me is perfect. God will always turn our ashes to his beauty alone. To God be the glory. Amen. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with me, please. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Vaughn and the team are going to come out, and they're going to lead us in a course wherever you're at right now. I encourage you, don't lose this moment. In fact, bow your heads with me for just a moment because I believe that even as we read a moment ago that the woman was hovering over her house, that the Holy Spirit even now is hovering over this house, seeking and searching. If you're feeling lost today, he can meet you in this moment. Remember, when God finds you, you're on your way to finding yourself. And if you have ashes today, bring them to God. That's the starting point. And Pastor Vaughn and the team, as they lead in this song, we're going to pray at the end of it, but really lock into God and open your hearts to him. Pastor Vaughn, would you lead us? Around the rose, the key. 
resurrection will have the last word in our lives that you're bringing beauty out of the ashes we can see ourselves today rising up out of the ashes that the Holy Spirit even now is hovering over this house taking our lostness recovering us and putting us back into circulation locked in to our value and purpose bless your people today God I believe And I declare that this is a season of rising up out of the ashes for the family here at Cathedral of Faith. All God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I'm rising up. Say that with me. Just a couple quick things before I dismiss you. Aurora, can we let Aurora know how much we appreciate her sharing her journey with us? Ramel and Aurora will be uh, just right down here after service. If you'd like to talk with them a little bit more about their journey, if you need prayer, our team will be both down here and out there in the amphitheater. We'd love to pray with you and for you. If you're a newcomer here at Cathedral, I'll be right out these doors. just on the grass out to the right. And I'd love to get a chance to connect with you and and just get a chance to get acquainted with you. And then can I ask for a prayer request from our cathedral family? My brother and I are heading out tomorrow. We're flying over to Italy and we're gonna be doing leadership training and teaching and preaching at some of the different churches. The most exciting thing though for us is I'm hoping to be able to meet with some of the refugees that because of your help, we're now serving there that have been, uh, that have made their way to Italy. So if you'd cover that in your prayers, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you Cathedral for doing amazing work. I love our Cathedral family. I want you to have an amazing week. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may God give you his peace. And this week, every day when you get up, I'm rising up out of the ashes. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, 
Amen. God bless you as you go. Have an awesome week.